Today, the CIPR has launched its 2018 State of the Profession report. In it, it said public relations faces a long-term challenge to establish sources of value to counter the risks posed by new technology. At all levels, practitioners are overwhelmingly engaged in tactical delivery. Elements of the most commonly undertaken activity in PR are at risk of automation. Now, this was the standout factor for me in a report that covers things like diversity and skills and salaries and mental health and growth of the industry. The report also lists out the main challenges facing the industry. Now, among those, after underrepresentation at board level, are things like the changing digital and social landscape, unethical public relations practice, expanding skill sets required of professionals, the convergence with other marketing disciplines, the emergence of fake news, and automation. Now, the last of those, automation, comes in ranked at number 11 on that list. But when you look at the activities that are most commonly undertaken at all levels through public relations, you have things like copywriting and editing, media relations and social media relations, all of which are at very high risk from automation. So the two don't really match up. As Sarah Hall said in episode two of this podcast, we are sleepwalking into this issue. Now, when I read that list of challenges facing the industry, it was with a not inconsiderable level of morbid agreement. This is the final episode in season one of the Digital Download podcast. And among the topics I've covered have been artificial intelligence, automation, ethical communications practice, PR as a management discipline, voice recognition technology, and how our job roles are changing. And just a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a blog post about how the areas of AI, fake news, an influencer marketing crash and reduced content visibility are coming together to form this kind of perfect storm over the PR and communications industry. Now, we got a lot of attention from the PR community, and I was asked a lot of questions as a result of that post. So in today's show, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Abby Hawker runs a virtual PR agency called Falcon PR, and she belongs to the Digital Download Membership Scheme. She's extremely curious and progressive in the way she thinks, and she's certainly not shy about challenging thoughts and opinions. So in short, she's the perfect person to grill me on the post I wrote and on the upcoming Digital Download Live event. Coming up, you can find out whether the communications industry really is facing an apocalypse and get answers to all of your questions about the upcoming Digital Download Live. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. Welcome, Abby. So this show is going to be a bit different from the others I've done, as you've got questions for me for a change. Absolutely. So I was reading the recent post that you wrote about what you see to be the four key threats to the comms industry. And I have to admit, it caused a few ripples among my PR channels. I suppose what I'm really interested to know is whether or not you really see such a bleak future for us or whether or not you were just kind of, you know, being dramatic. (laughs) I I think... Although that was written in a very kind of bleak style, if you like, I, I wrote that post specifically as a warning of what could happen. And I do believe that. I, I think those four areas that I outlined, which were fake news, the decline of influencers and a kind of a crash around influencer marketing, the visibility of content, because 
print media is dying. Digital publishers are struggling to monetize what they do. You've got Facebook, which is limiting reach on things. And then the final one being AI, which I know the CIPR are really concerned about. And I put a panel in place to try and combat this. So those four things together, I think each of them individually is a, a threat. But together, they do form something that if we don't approach in the right way, could cause serious problems, I think. So although I did write it in a very bleak manner, if you like, it's something that I think, unless we tackle it in a very thoughtful and considered manner, people will go out of business because of it, unfortunately. So what's the right way to go about tackling it, would you say? Well, I think you have to take each of those four threats in turn and and look at each one. I don't think there's a an easy solution to that because these these trends which are developing are all in underway now. They're, they're not things that I am projecting are going to happen. They are happening. Mm. So the fake news thing's been happening since, what, 2016 when that all started. And people don't trust what they read anymore or very not so much anyway. But I remember back in the day when PRs were all accused of smoke and mirrors. So it's not a new thing, really, the whole concept of you know PRs and comms people being involved in tweaking the situation to their advantage. No, I totally agree with that. I, I guess I think that we might absolutely think it's abhorrent or fake news and and we act ethically. What matters to me is that if people reading stuff don't trust what they read, it leaves us in a difficult position. Mm. And if you look at the trust statistics that were in the Edelman barometer this year, trust across the board has fallen dramatically. Mm. And I think that's, I do think it's a threat to communications people because effectively it makes our job harder to convince anyone to believe what we're writing. But I suppose there's also an opportunity for the people who work with those spokespeople that do represent the true line or the more ethical approach. There's, There's probably more of an opportunity there to make sure that they're really at the fore Yeah. And I know Sarah Hall, the the CIPR president, is very, very much on the case on this this year about making PR a management discipline so that it's not a tactical thing anymore. It's very strategic. It's very top level. And that is where communications people can really add value. Absolutely. So what can you do to help? Well, yeah, what can I do to help? So part of speaking to you today really is to talk about the event that's coming up in April which is Digital Download Live. It follows on from this series of podcasts. It follows on from other events that I've been doing in the last year or so, a lot of workshops and masterclasses. And it's the second time I'll have held this event. And it will tackle a lot of the issues that I outlined in that specific blog post and beyond that as well. And that's really what this year's event is all about, is is really getting to grips with some of this stuff that's happening in the communications world? So I was at last year's event and I work, um, I sort of run a a virtual agency. So I have my own clients and then I bring in freelancers as and when I need them to deal with capacity and workload. So from my perspective, when I came along last year, it was very much, I'm always quite skeptical. I'm always slightly reluctant to part with my cash. And so it was It was very interesting to me to kind of come along and see that I did actually find it was of added value and I definitely came away from it feeling a bit less alone. Yeah, which is great to hear. And, and that's very much my goal for this event as a whole, really, is that I don't 
want to put on I never did want to put on another another conference the same as the others you might go to where you sit in a um, auditorium for six or seven hours just listening to people speak that's not what I wanted to do you can go other places and do that mm. what I wanted to do with this particular event was produce something that I myself would get value from so something that is highly practical something that encourages real collaboration between the people who are at this event and I think the way I try and do it of putting together, there are some sessions where people will present things to you. There are some sessions that are open Q&As and they rely on the people in the room to make that work. Mm. And there are some active practical workshop sessions. And that sort of process of mixing all that up means that certainly last year there was loads of interaction between each other. And I found that that was something that really pleased me because that is what I wanted to see coming through. And it's been an interaction that's been ongoing, I think, because I carried on, you know, through you chatting with some of the other people that were that took part in the day last year, all of whom have got different circumstances, some very like mine, some very different. And it's kind of become a bit of a community that I think is a really valuable sort of addition to my weekly approach to, to work, I suppose. Yeah, which is, which is again, is really good to hear. I mean, leading on from last year's event, like I said, I did a lot of workshops. And then this, this year launched the Digital Download Membership Scheme, which you became a part of. And those sorts of things where I purposely didn't want people to leave that room last year and go away and forget all about it and go back to their work and, and, and that was it. I wanted to create something that became, like you say, a supportive community. Now, naturally... Some people are more engaged with that sort of thing post-event than others. Mm. But a lot of people, well, some people have gone through the entire year and are still talking to one another, especially in the membership group. I think there's a, there's a small at the moment group of people there who work in different ways, in different circumstances, but who are very supportive to one another. And that is, that is fantastic because that sort of collaboration is another big thing that I think we have to have going forward because trying to work by ourselves or... Trying to pick up on all of this stuff is difficult. But if if you've got groups of people all with their eyes on what's going on, it makes that job of keeping up and keeping ahead of the game so much easier. I agree. It's like there's little pockets of expertise all over the place. And it's about forming relationships with those people so that as and when you do have a, oh, my God, what the heck am I going to do here type moment? I think we're all pretty flexible and we can all lend our hand to pretty much anything but sometimes you just need that person who's done it a million times to turn around and say, oh, no, don't worry about that. All you need to do is X. Absolutely. And I feel I've got that now. I feel like I have that sort of access to those people. Yeah, and it's great. And I mean, it, just because I set this thing up doesn't mean that I don't get value from it because I do. Mm. You know, having, having people like you and, and others involved in this community adds to my knowledge and experience. And I have people to bounce ideas off. And it's, it's a really good way to work. So going back to Digital Download Live, yeah. what would you say are kind of the key themes of this event that's that's coming up in April? The main central theme, I suppose, which comes from that blog post, essentially, is looking at meaningful communications. Because if we talk about fake news and all the fuss around influencers where there's a lot of publicity about influencers buying fans and buying engagement... There's all the stuff around Facebook and it trying to focus on meaningful, in its words, meaningful social interactions. 
it all lends itself down this route where communications needs to go, which is about adding value and meaning to people's lives. And that has been the case for a while, but it seems to me that that is becoming more and more central to what is going on in the world of communications at the moment. So is there a kind of bigger question as well in terms of the fact that we live in a <laughs> crazy world <laughs> where we're being bombarded left, right and centre with nonsense and actually meaningful communications are absolutely key to get us through because we, you know, it's a bit of a minefield at the moment. With and And maybe if we can find these kind of beacons of content and people who can direct us, who can steer us and, and who can, I suppose, educate us in terms of whatever small thing we might be looking at any particular time, then it saves us a heck of a lot of time and effort. It's sort of, I suppose, it's, it's a bit of a, forming a bit of a roadmap to kind of steer us through all of the rubbish that's out there. Absolutely. And in the last podcast episode, I spoke to Danny Brown and he was talking about specifically this idea that there is too much content in the world and that causing a problem. And, and his point of view is very much, it's not necessarily the volume of content, it's the quality of that content. Mm. So if we as communications people are just adding rubbish to that volume, we're just part of the problem and we are not actually adding any value to anyone's lives. If you can add meaningful content, then that will cut through all the rest of the rubbish that is out there. And so will you teach us how to do that at Digital Download Live? <laughs> <laughs> That's a big question, isn't it? I would hope that coming away from that event, everyone will come a away with a better idea of what meaningful means. So we're going to cover a lot of different areas leading down the digital route, obviously, but a lot of different areas about how to create something that is actually meaningful. Mm. And I think that's really important because I suppose in our own way, we feel that what we are doing is meaningful. And I mean, I suppose in relation to specific pieces of work, if I'm writing an article, for example, I will do it to my best you know, ability and try and make it say something different or be relevant but actually I may be missing a point if I'm not ticking this meaningful box and I think that even just being able to articulate that even being able to you know understand that a little bit deeper will kind of feed through to everything. Yeah I totally agree and, and I'm not for a moment suggesting that anyone in PR or comms purposely puts out crap content that isn't meaningful. Mm. Of course we all believe or want to believe at least that what we are doing is adding value to the world especially for our clients but you and I both know that there is a lot of rubbish that goes out there and we see it time and time again. And I think you're right in that if we can define what meaningful actually is, then that goes a, a big step down the way towards maybe thinking, actually, are we doing the right thing for this client? So what are you most looking forward to this year? Um, well, it's a pretty packed agenda. I've uh, When I put the agenda together, I've I've had a lot of different areas in my mind and I've tried to pick the ones that I think are the most pressing at the moment. So we're talking about artificial intelligence because it is such a major issue. We're talking about voice recognition. There's a session on influencer marketing with Emily Leary, who was at the event last year and proved extremely popular. So I invited her back this year to run a workshop style. Last year, we ran a Q&A. And this year, we're going to be running a workshop where actually we're asking the audience to do some work on the day, which should be really interesting. We're going to talk a bit about Facebook marketing and a case study on how to actually create sales with 
Facebook marketing, believe it or not. <laughs> in light of the current changes to the algorithms. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, it was valid even before that, but mm. especially now, you need to think of Facebook in a different way. And it's no longer about putting content out for content's sake. It needs to have real proper strategy behind it. So we're going to cover that. We're also going to talk about GDPR because that's been a, a serious big issue and that comes in in May and people you know, are going to have questions. So we're going to have an open Q&A on that. I, I guess that there are three sessions that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. The first is Stephen Waddington talking about artificial intelligence. Now, the C, he's leading the CIPR panel looking into this, the, the threat and the opportunity and the tools we can use. Just a few days before Digital Download, he's presenting a paper at the World PR Forum in Oslo. So this will be, I think I'm right in saying, it's the first kind of UK presentation of what is happening with that panel. So I'm really interested to see what's going to come out of that. I think it's such an important issue and I, I'm really pleased that it's going to be a Digital Download, put it that way. The second one I'm looking forward to is Deirdre Breckenridge. Now, I believe you know Deirdre. I didn't know Deirdre before the podcast. Um, I'm a bit of a Ginny fan, um, Ginny Dietrich. Yep. And yeah, I didn't know Deirdre, but I, I was really interested in what she had to say in the podcast that you guys did. Yeah, she's. I, I've known Deirdre for many years. She's a real, for want of a better word, thought leader in PR and communications. She's written books. She's a, a lecturer. She runs her own agency. She's worked with NASDAQ, all sorts of stuff. She's one of the most kind of intelligent PR people that I know. She's going to talk about the way the communications job role is changing and about the ethical challenges that things like automation, for example, face. And again, that, that's going to be an open Q&A. So it's a chance for the audience to kind of question her on how are our jobs going to change and what do we need to start doing and learning and putting into place and she's big on ethics, isn't she? So I think it'd be really interesting to hear what she's got to say about that side of things. She is, and it's going to make a really interesting conversation, I think. There's one other thing I wanted to mention, which is we are doing a workshop specifically on podcasting. So we are running a live event where we will take the audience through the whole process of coming up with an idea for a podcast to actually producing it and recording it and editing it. Very interesting. <laughs> this is my first foray into the whole podcasting arena. So yeah, but this is um, it's all quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a booming area. It's so big because all the media around podcasting and broadcast is, is becoming on demand effectively. Mm. And I think there's this real air of mystery around podcasting and how it's difficult and you need certain skills to do it. In reality, anyone can produce a podcast. And, and I, I firmly believe that I, I am hoping to teach everyone in that room to produce a podcast within two hours. Okay. I might have my sights set too high. <laughs> I don't know. But we'll we'll certainly do our best. And, and my hope from doing that really is that people go away and think about putting whatever they're doing into different formats and not to be scared of technology and to just demystify the whole thing. I just um, encourage one of my clients to, to do a series of podcasts. So I think I'll be listening <laughs> really intently on that session. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's such a booming area. And I mean, I started this podcast at the start of this year and I put it off for probably six or nine months because for that exact reason, I was a bit daunted by it. But I am able to produce a decent quality podcast using my computer 
a microphone which effectively cost me like 50 quid and free software. Mm. Now you can go from that to spending a lot of money on a studio or better recording equipment or whatever it is. But the point being, whatever scale of those you are at, it doesn't matter. You can do it. And how have you found the sort of response? The response has been really good, actually. I decided to do one season so that effectively, if no one liked it, (laughs) I could say, "Okay, well, I just did a season. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been really encouraged. I think people seem to respond to that format of content, perhaps Mm. more so than blog posts more so than video that I've done in the past and it's certainly something that I will be doing a second season of. Good because I've really enjoyed them I think it's um for me podcasts are brilliant because they mean that when I walk the dog I can carry on you know learning something on my way around. Absolutely and that I kind of listen to them normally in the car even if I'm driving to the train station which is half an hour away I can listen to a podcast in that time and learn something. And I think that's where podcasting has a benefit over any other form of content, because any any written content, any video content, you've got to be sat down in front of a screen watching or reading. Whereas with a podcast, you just shove your earphones in and away you go. Absolutely. So going back to the event, this year's event, how many people do you think are going to come this year? I'm hoping between 50 and 80. We had about 50 last year and I capped it. So it's pretty much sold out. This year, I'm going to keep a cap on the tickets because I did think about, do I make a a, a bigger, more expansive event? But what was great about last year, as you pointed out, was the, the collaborative nature of it. And I don't want to create something that is a lot bigger than last year because it will just turn into a standard conference, which you can find anywhere. Okay, and I've got my ticket. I'm very Fantastic. And what if anybody wants to come along? What do they need to do? How can they? Are there any tickets left? There are tickets left. You can find them at digitaldownload.training. If you go to that website and look for Digital Download Live, you'll find all the information on the agenda, who's speaking there, ticket prices. You can book online. I've just introduced a split ticketing option. So if you're looking at it thinking. I want a ticket, but I don't want to shell out all at one go, then you can split the cost over two months. Also, for anyone who buys a ticket to the digital download event, you will also get a month's free trial of the digital download membership scheme, which again, Abby, you're you're a member of. So within that, within your ticket price, you get one month's access to the digital download Slack group, and you can interact and ask questions with other people. We have a a video call every Friday where, again, you can discuss the latest things or ask questions. There is a membership site which isn't part of the free trial, but I think that will give you a taster of the collaborative nature of the whole scheme is like after the event, really. And what do you see as being the kind of longer-term opportunities there in terms of what the membership kind of offers the way i want this to grow is that we have a a highly supportive highly collaborative community i don't want it to get too big because i don't think people will get quite so much value but i want it to be full of really enthusiastic knowledgeable experienced people and although to start with it's very much about the the slack group and the video calls and things I want to be adding more resources into that. So I intend to be creating videos, templates, working templates, worksheets, all that sort of stuff in response to what I'm asked for, really. Mm -hmm. So if someone says to me, we need a a template for 
I don't know, a content strategy template, then I will do my best to produce a content strategy template that is useful to everyone in that group. So do you think, going back to your lovely article, The Four Horsemen of the PR Apocalypse, Yes. do you think that there's light at the end of the tunnel? Do you think that there's going to be opportunities for us comms people or do you think we're all out of a job? <laughs> I, I don't for a moment think we're all out of a job and I wouldn't be put on an event if I did, to be honest. <laughs> I think those four horsemen that I've outlined are a threat because of the way they come together. And it's it's almost a timing thing where all of this stuff is collecting into this one big dark cloud. Now, I don't for a second believe that that has to be the case. I think that by learning about each of these areas, we can deal with all this stuff. I, I, you know, we're all intelligent people. We can do this stuff. I don't think it's set in stone. I just think we need to be on top of our game. And if we do that, and if we learn from each other and learn from events like Digital Download and others, then absolutely we can continue to thrive. Perfect. Sounds good. If you've enjoyed today's show, you should check out Digital Download Live, the interactive digital marketing conference for PR, comms and digital media professionals. It's happening on the 26th of April in London, and we'll be covering many of the topics addressed in this podcast, including developments in influence marketing, artificial intelligence, Facebook marketing, messaging and voice recognition. You can find more information and book tickets at digitaldownload.training. And you can contact me on Twitter, where I'm at the Paul Sutton, or by email at paul at paulsutton.co. Thanks for listening.